the Creation Gospel with Dr. Halissa Elwine. Join us around our Shabbat dining table as we explore the Torah portion. Okay, Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Good to have you here. And if you'll notice, we had some special guests today. We had um, some musicians that some of you might be familiar with. I'd say probably a lot of you are familiar with them. Um, they go by Mishkanim, and it's Howie and Aline George. And so they're going to be sitting in with us here in just a few minutes, and we'll visit a little bit, see what's going on with them, see what they have planned. Maybe we might talk them into even playing a song or two for us. So if, if you've got somebody that's, that's out there wandering around, right now, <laughs> then uh, invite them to come on in. We've, we've got special guests today. And then we can go back and we can talk a little bit more about the Wars of Kings. Of course, we know that that corresponds to the, the 10 plagues. And these are the, the 10 tactics that are taught in the Torah when you're going to lay siege to a city. And what we've been trying to do is say, okay, in our generation, we don't know if we're the last generation or not. Who does really know that? But each generation has to be prepared. And I think if we prepare as though we are the last generation, then we won't let, I guess we're calling it the hell bug, the bug out of Abaddon. We won't let him cut off the root and the fruit because that's the way that bug works. And more than ever, it's like every week when we look at the news and we don't want to obsess over the news, but we do need to know our times. And we can see that the two tactics of the hell bug, basically, remember, there's two steps to how he works. And remember, even though he's under the command of the king of Abaddon, well, who is the king of Abaddon under the command of? His creator. He has to does what, do what his creator says. And if he's summoning forth these strange soldiers <laughs> out of Sheol, then it's for a specific purpose. And it's not to cause anxiety. It's not to cause us confusion. It's not to cause us to cut off uh, the next generation, instead it's for us to build them up, instead it's for us to teach them truth so that they won't be deceived by all the confusion. Because remember, two steps. The first thing he does is he blinds, he causes confusion, he causes anxiety, he causes worry, and that's not designed to kill you at first. Remember, it's it's five months of torment, he, but it, the the first objective is not to kill you, it's to torment you and, if possible, to bring you to repentance. So we're not talking about, you know, there's there's different kinds of people. There are people who are trying to walk in the righteousness of Yeshua. There are people who will never walk in the righteousness of Yeshua. And there's the in-betweens. And he's, he doesn't even want the in-betweens. He doesn't want them to perish. And as we approach the high holidays, this is the time where the Spirit's contending with us. It's showing us those things that, that need to change. And if we're feeling confusion and anxiety, we just have to go to the Father and say, point out to me where I'm messing up here. Point out to me what I've not given up to you so that I won't be confused anymore. And then the next step, remember, it says he cuts off the root and the fruit. That was the pattern in the Torah, in the time of Moses, even in the time of Joshua. When this hell bug was unleashed, the last thing he did was cut off the root and the fruit. We definitely see that in our generation. Once he blinds and confuses the first generation, then it's very easy to separate them from the next generation. And I don't think it's any accident. Remember when we were 
studying what Rashi said about the 10th plague, the plague of the firstborn, and how it's thought that the firstborn of Egypt, they knew Moses wasn't kidding, that they were really going to die. Everything Moses said was true. It was going to happen. And they went to their fathers and they begged their fathers to go to the Pharaoh, go to the government, intercede for us, intercede for our generation. You're about to lose a generation. And the fathers would not go. And they said that night that many of the firstborn fell upon their own parents. They tried to destroy their own parents for not interceding for them. And so now when you look at the headlines, like where these, these children have been manipulated by the government, by public schools, and been talked into doing things, self-mutilation, and then they outgrow that phase and they realize, wow, why didn't my parents stand up for me? Why didn't my parents intercede for me? Why didn't my teachers intercede for me? Why didn't my principals go to bat here? Why didn't somebody speak some common sense? Mm. And you can see why they would be angry with our generation. You could see why they would be rebellious because it's it's been a very targeted way of cutting off the root and the fruit. And it's just, it's the result of this confusion. And so that's why we have to depend more than ever on the word. And so we'll, we'll come back to that. Uh, but that's where we left off last week. But we've got some better news than the, the hell bugs right now. <laughs> We'll get back to the hellbots. Uh, but I want to introduce you guys. You know these guys, I'm sure. If you've watched the Revive videos and you've seen them at conferences, they may have even come to your fellowship or to your congregation. So welcome, Howie. And is it Aline? Or Aline. 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 All right. Really French name. French? Yes. I got a French bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I got three. That's French. <laughs> I got three. I'll come over and talk to them later. They they speak, but not really in French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They uh yeah, you'll you'll never hear them, you know, sing a victory song, but <laughs> they're they're pretty smart. They're pretty smart. And so we're glad to have you guys today. You came and, and led praise and worship for us today here at the Olive Branch, and we appreciate that. It's we're in such a out of the way, even though we're right off an interstate, you know, as far as people going back and forth, we're kind of out of the mm -hmm. out of the loop up here. Mm -hmm. And we are in the middle of Daniel Boone National Forest, which it's great. You walk outside. It's beautiful outside. It is beautiful. The drive up here was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Was, yeah. And of course, the we call it the the first church of the recreation is right up the street. And so all these, uh, what do you call them? Not race. Oh, ATVs. ATVs. Oh, yeah. We saw that yeah. too. They're running the roads all day on Shabbat. And I can't wait till Yeshua comes yeah. because we, we just have to, 24 hours, we got to get that corrected. Uh, and I'll probably be out there with them learning how to drive one of those. Yeah, ATVs, <laughs> fun. Some people took us recently in Colorado. Did they? Yeah, that was great. It was terrifying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, down in the era of... When he drives, it's terrifying. That, Husbands can uh, relate to this. I didn't drive. You didn't drive? No, I just held on. Okay. Do you have a helmet? Uh, no, no, we, no. Helmet. we it, it was like a buggy, so it had this roll bar and stuff oh, on okay. it. Yeah, it actually rolled at one point, it was pretty scary. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah that was pretty. If you go down to the Arava at Tamar, uh, there's a, a moshav there called Anyahav, uh -huh. and there's a guy out there who has they call them razors in right. Israel. Oh, yeah, yeah, and he's got all sorts of motorcycles, dirt bikes, razors, and he could take you out in the desert, but he won't let you do anything fun. Oh, well, I would like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would I be like seeing stuff. Yeah. But I don't want to be flipping around upside well, down. Four of us went out there and it was just like creeping. 
you know, and Keisha was driving, Keisha Gallagher, you guys know Keisha. Mm. And we were coming back and finally we got fairly close to the Moshav mm. and the guy's on the, the dirt bike. He pulls up beside us, okay, now if you'd like to go a little faster, you may. And Keisha took off so fast. When I look back, all I could see was a cloud of sand. Mm. And the guy was sitting there and I was like, oh no, he's going to be so mad. Mm. Right. <laughs> but she had these big Mad Max goggles uh -huh. on. So uh -huh. yeah, we, we had a big time. Uh -huh. But, uh, you know, we, we just got to get them, you know, moved over a little bit, 24 hours. So they'll start doing this stuff on Sunday instead of Shabbat. That's it. Oh, yeah. With Shabbat, yeah. we drove by and we're like, oh, look what they're doing on their Shabbat. Yeah, they're, they're, they're tomorrow, full. Be yeah, exactly. <laughs> Labor Day weekend. Uh, I love toys, big yes. Toys, lots of toys. Get yeah. think of these American holidays. Well, tell me a bit about what you guys have been doing. Well, we've um, been traveling around. I mean, we've been living in Florida, south southwest Florida. But the last few months up in uh, northeast Tennessee, so same mountains, Appalachian Mountains, which has been great. Um, a lot of good stuff. A lot of doing a lot of worship there with uh, hosting worship gatherings. Um, just started a new outreach as well, um, which has been really exciting because we feel, you know, we want to establish tabernacles of praise um, where it's kind of free worship. I mean, I know obviously we played earlier with microphones and and stuff but we love it where it's just totally open and you you're just really anyone can speak and share and uh sing sing a song a lot of spontaneous songs yeah and then which leads to a nice deep place in the spirit where intercession happens and people begin to pray and people begin to be released and things mm -hmm. that maybe you don't get a chance to do in a shorter corporate meeting you know because maybe the worship goes on for two or three hours and mm -hmm. There's time for people to feel comfortable mm -hmm. about releasing whatever it is that's, you know, in their spirit. Yeah. So it sounds very coffee house. <laughs> yeah. It is. You guys it's aren't old much. enough to remember that. I know. No, we <laughs> love coffee house. <laughs> I love coffee house ministry. Uh, we do that in Israel. We do that in Israel, actually. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's just more casual, you know, mm. somewhat covert and just casual. Touch, and touch of the sofa, you know. You don't feel pressured, you know, <laughs> to make anything happen. You just, really worship the king and what happens happens yeah. and people are open to flowing with that and um, they get released in giftings that sometimes you don't really see mm. and i yeah. like how it's um it's not all about it's not all about the worship leaders you know sometimes we get into a audience mentality of you know they're doing it on stage and it's all about them but when you you take the mics away and it's more sort of laid back it's like everyone realizes that they're their crucial part well that's what we try and encourage people from the youngest to the oldest so you know we've had um lately kids age nine i know seven. He's how he's teaching yeah. kids guitar but he's teaching them through the vessel of worship mm. so they're worshiping and he's teaching as they worship and then they just join in our worship session and <laughs> you know they they learn so fast mm. and they're so sensitive and they're just right in it and right on it and mm. it's not this grueling kind of the theory music theory it's mm -hmm get in the spirit sure and mm. and they pick it up fast and they flow with what he's doing and oh they're amazing I mean, they, they, they are they are amazing they couldn't play one chord on the guitar and then by the end of the first hour they were they were singing amazing grace really nicely on their own and playing it on and, the guitar uh, as well so hey the, and how old are they nine she's 12 nine and 11 well she's actually 11 she's nine, nine 11 yeah and they, did a little, they have their little guitars and their little backpacks they they're in, in and... they're in now they're in their worshipers and, uh... it's so important because 
you know, we've, we've, Hebrew Roots is so scattered. It's not like you can go down to your local Hebrew Roots congregation in mm. those places mm -hmm. and, and find people of like kind and like mind. And then even if you do, you find out, well, we're a little not like-minded on this and this and this. And it's, right. there's a lot of scattering still, but I think what the world lost, and it seemed like COVID made it worse, is okay. we've lost the face-to-face -face, mm -hmm. and we do have more programmed sort of things we're we're satisfied with sitting at home like i heard recently that some of these big businesses can't get their employees back to work anymore right. they want mm -hmm. to work from home yeah they don't want to be around people they don't want to be around and we really have and the the building we bought down in mississippi we got so cheap because it was a, a church that didn't want to go back to church after mm. covid there's probably mm -hmm. dozens and dozens yeah. around the country I mean, that yeah. people aren't. I hate aren't to say we got it for a song, but mm -hmm. <laughs> song, song, and a dance. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, we're like we could renovate this into a three-bedroom, two-bath hospitality mm -hmm. house for yeah. for the price that we're paying. Right. But I think that disconnect it go, kind of goes back to what we've been talking mm -hmm. about in the the classes, the hell bug, the the way Scripture describes is first it confuses. It brings anxiety. And then eventually the goal, it brings you to a place where it can separate the generations. Mm. It separates right. people. The 10th plague that, you know, we we're talking about the darkness. I mean, not that was firstborn, the, the plague of darkness. It said for the Egyptians, one could not see his brother. Mm. That's significant. Oh, the That's they could point. not see their brother. The, they say it, it could have even been describing the depths of what we would say is clinical depression. Because mm -hmm. if you've ever tried to talk to somebody that's in the depths of a clinical mm -hmm. depression, it's like they can't hear you. Yeah. You're trying to exercise logic and reason. Like you've got so much to live for. You've got so many gifts. Mm -hmm. you've, you've got family that care about you. And it's like, there's nothing mm -hmm. right there. And it, it seems like more and more we're disconnected. Mm -hmm. But trying to pe bring people back to a face-to-face -face mm. experience because the spirit does move in those spaces. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's important for the next generation that doesn't remember coffee houses. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the so relational. Class. It's so relational and yeah. so intimate. And you sit yeah. there and you talk and you talk about why you wrote that song and you mm. play the song and, you know, people respond to the emotion of your song. Yeah. It's very personal. It's yeah. a relationship. Yeah. And it's it's connecting we are the generation that didn't have, phone. I mean, I didn't grow up with a phone. I didn't grow up with a computer. I didn't, I mean, you know, this kind of phone, what do you call it? Landline. Landline, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you know, we, didn't, we didn't have all yeah. the things that we have now. So we do have memory in our brains of not having been, you know, device oriented. Mm -hmm. and, and we do crave it as well. You know, we crave sure. it. Every human, I think, yeah. craves it. But yeah. We crave it because we didn't grow up with that. And but when you were we saying, are panim panim, you know, we're face to face people, right? You know, yeah. when you were saying that, I was thinking of that Beatles song, you know, oh, look at all the lonely people. See, that's the isolation plan at the moment. It's isolation, and it? that's um, why I was just gonna say with our the worship times, we feel it, it should lead towards outreach that doesn't want to sit in a building, mm -hmm. right. And I think it there's, you up to go there's this phrase out. now, the church has left the building. When I say church, I mean, you know, sort of the whole spectrum, you know, in, including us. So um, 
later tonight, I'm going to set up by this in this amongst the nightclubs of uh, Johnson City, Tennessee. Start about ten to about two or three in the morning, and that's where everyone is. It's packed, packed with people, and you, you we meet people that are yeah, they're lonely, you know, they're needing a touch, and what has been shown really clearly is the darker the darkness, the easier the light can shine. So you think, oh, I've been in an environment where alcohol and you know, immorality and drugs. Well, you don't have to do so much to shine the true light because people are just like, wow, that's a surprise. You know, they're on a pilgrimage to sin, basically. Mm. And they're encountering worship and offers to mm. prayer. And it's like, whoa. So we've we've seen that a lot, but um, you know, being in crazy situations like spring break in Fort Lauderdale, it was we didn't have to do so much. People were obviously there were the kids there, they were on a you know, like a pilgrimage to sin, but they'd they'd see just some people worshiping and with a big Jesus t-shirt on. Right. Oh yeah. Well that's what you know that's what it, they know. I mean, you know, they wouldn't know yeah. the Yeshua, but yeah, you know, um, but anyway, it, it they would be convicted mm -hmm. in a good way. And some of their kids were coming up, oh, you ruined our spring break, you know, <laughs> you reminded us who we are. And it's like, okay, no, it's so that all fits in with this, this age we're in with um, isolating the people. The it's, it's actually, it's, it's backfiring. It's waking people up. Um, you know, it's being, people are like starting to read, crack open the Bible. Like, well, what does the Bible say about this? Or Revelation 19, that the nations will be deceived by the pharmakia. Hello. So people are waking up and the level of aware, true awareness is, is increasing. So, and, and that, that's where I think it's really important to meet people in the, to do outreach, to meet people in the parks, the, the beaches like Florida, whatever, the, the highways and byways, the marketplace. For them to encounter the truth kind of just when they're not expecting it mm -hmm. they're not going to naturally they're not going to knock on the door of a church but hey you know it's time for us to take the land and i think there's a huge blessing in that and you know as i was sharing sharing earlier that um you know we we, we want to follow his commands right all of them well yeah if you love me keep my commandments mm -hmm. And then I was saying, as I was saying earlier, what about the end of the book of Mark, the end of the book of Matthew? Go, in, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to all, all creation, you know, heal the sick, um, cast out demons, raise the dead, and so forth. And uh, so, so that that's an important command that um, I really want to just emphasize to the Hebraic world. Hey, let's try that. And then I think what people realize is that... Um, we become those doing outreach and so forth, or just trying in some way, become the the recipients of a major blessing, a very surprising blessing. That um, if people knew how much uh, Yah was wanting to bless his people, stepping out, then they'd everyone would be doing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it shouldn't be a secret, really. But, you know, right. I agree. Yeah. I, I worked in a prison for twenty three years, and what I found in that environment is dark as it was, you didn't have to be very happy to stand out. Mm. I mean, it was just basically 1,200 unhappy people. Mm. And if you walk in right. 
and you're willing to walk in the spirit mm-hmm. even though sometimes you have to do hard things mm-hmm. but if you're if you're you know ethical according to biblical ethics there is a light mm-hmm. that's there even if you're doing something very mundane mm-hmm. the light can shine yeah. they can see a difference right and I, I think it gives you a a different heart like I said even though you've got hard things to do you realize this is a human being this mm-hmm. is somebody's son mm-hmm. this is somebody's mm-hmm. father this mm-hmm. is someone's brother mm-hmm. and how would I want one of my relatives treated if he were in this situation mm-hmm. uh, it didn't make you soft it made you human mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you didn't have to say the word Yeshua or bring up the bible or mm-hmm. anything like that in that degree of darkness if you just live it mm-hmm. in that way there's some of our suv friends probably <laughs> <laughs> looking for an empty parking lot to do donuts he says he's close to the brokenhearted yeah right so i mean this is the best the best thing that can happen for a lot of people is to end up in jail yeah. They'll, they'll find salvation yeah. we've played in several prisons yeah, and what amazing. we have found once they are born again or they know yeshua they're freer than people we know on the outside yeah yeah and they worship with their whole hearts mm. and you know if you're a visiting minister they just mm. come in and they want to worship and mm. they don't get that many opportunities like that and they're grateful it's, oh, they're, yeah. they are it's yeah. you know it's amazing well yeah. gratefulness yeah. is is so hard to find nowadays because we have so much mm. when you have so much it's like Yeshua said it's so hard for a rich man mm-hmm. to enter because he has everything he needs in the, the physical realm mm-hmm. and so sometimes he doesn't really discern that there might be a spiritual poverty mm. well these guys know they're poor yeah mm-hmm. yeah and anything that anybody will do volunteers coming in mm-hmm. you know just to be a mentor yeah and, and to me that's where that that hell bug has done such a great job of, of breaking off the generations mm. because there are opportunities for mentorship in places like that. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. But just running into kids sometimes, what I found is that because the the parenting has maybe been less than enthusiastic, mm-hmm. if you set a boundary, they like it. Mm. Yeah. And and a lot of times you can mentor young people by simply being a grown up. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the scripture calls us to be mm-hmm. grown ups. Yes. What's the difference between a child and a grown up? It's the degree of responsibility you will take for another person. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to take that responsibility, you may not like me for the next 10 minutes because of what I'm about to say, but I love mm-hmm. you enough to tell you the truth. Truth. Mm-hmm. Tell you the truth. Yeah. And this could change your life if you just you know, change this one little thing. Right. And and often just we have wrong thoughts. We think the wrong things. Mm-hmm. But if we're not willing to take those thoughts captive, because mm-hmm. I think I feel I want that is not from the realm of the spirit. No. That's from the realm of the soul. And that's 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 what's that's the prevailing mm. I yeah. say spirit, but that's the prevailing thought right now. Yeah. And people don't want you to tell them how to Immediate think. Gratification. But I'm like, yeah. the scripture tells you how to think. Yeah. But that thought you're gonna have to take captive. Yeah. <laughs> or it's gonna take you captive. That's right. that's the alternative. Mm-hmm. And there's some kids out there, not all of them, but a lot of them are ready for a 
you know, somebody just say the truth. Yeah. Just tell me the truth because they don't like the anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. There's no generation that's more anxiety prone, more, more depressed, more all this business, ADHD and all this kind of thing than this current generation. But I believe they are this this the young people now they're they're wired for revival, do amazing exploits and things that is going to just they're going to be leaders. And the and he the Lord showed me recently we baptized two 15 year olds on two different days and and we kind of prophesied over this girl and we said you know you are a torch you know you're a torch for the lord and you and you are now lit and i realized you know how people say hey i got really lit last night <laughs> well the enemy's trying to get <laughs> the, the, enemy's, the enemy's trying to get you know the youth lit in terms of you know weed and um alcohol. alcohol and all sorts of stuff right other drugs but like they are but they are ready for the fire of Yahweh in such a way and I believe it's our job we've got the lighter so to speak it's our job to and they're just going to be burning I mean look mm. at Asbury revival all this is coming together now but the enemy's obviously trying to take it take them out and people say oh these you know these kids are, they're so distracted you know and that how can they be saved well that's exactly what they said over the, hip, the hippie generation, you know, like with the Jesus revolution and so forth. They're like, oh, they're too far gone. But they're the perfect carriers of the fire or whatever then. And this generation as well, they're just, mm -hmm. it's going to be amazing. We're going to be cheering them on. They're going to run incredible, um, incredibly well. So that's, that's really, yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I mean, you know, as the darkness gets darker, yeah. you know, it's easy to shine. I think it up. has to be said too that like, I won't say no other time in history, but no other time in recent history. Here we are. We've all made this transition to keeping the commandments and the Sabbath and these things. So when someone gets born again or comes to the Lord on the streets, we don't have to send them somewhere else where they're going to learn a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. We have the truth. We mm -hmm. can disciple them. We can grow them up in these things mm -hmm. so that they never even have to go mm -hmm. to a religious environment. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, not that we're, everyone's got a little religious environment going on, <laughs> but, you know, we're doing our best and that, you know, we can disciple them straight off the bat if they've never mm -hmm. been in a church or don't know anything about Christianity or the Bible. Yeah. In the ways, in the way, in the, in the proper ways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't want to send them somewhere else we need to take and that's the laying down of our lives are we going to take them on are we going to say yes okay you four have just got born again you're coming to my house every week for a bible study and mm -hmm. you're going to learn how now should we live mm -hmm. and that's the scriptures mm -hmm. and that's not religion that's what the torah says and what the bible says and what yeshua said so yeah well, it's, well, we have that opportunity mm -hmm. we have the spirit of elijah Mm -hmm. we could say you know and it says he's going to come forth before the great and terrible day and he's going to restore the hearts of the fathers the children and vice so versa so we, we have it not i'm not saying huge. we have it but as as believers and as people who are now yeah. walking this walk yeah yeah we have it yeah and I if that breach you know if that that bug has come mm. to destroy the connection between mm. the generations yeah. it could actually turn out to be a good thing yeah if we have a generation who are breaking off from parents because of a spiritual deficit mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. previous generation yeah. but that in turn is going to leave them i believe looking yeah and it, it might be a spiritual mom and dad 
Yeah, I would agree. Because you know that's what Yeshua said: mm -hmm. "Who are my mother and brothers? Yeah. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. those who do the will of the yeah. one who sent me." Mm -hmm. And his food, you yeah. know, yeah. is to do the work. Yeah. yeah. And so anybody who's willing to do the work of discipling the next generation, yeah, it can break off that connection, but it can reconnect. Mm -hmm. It can turn mm -hmm. the hearts of the fathers to the children and all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah, and right, they can yeah. find out you've got a bloodline. Yeah, right. You yeah. have got a, a bloodline. Right, here's your true identity. Yeah. yeah. Step into well, this, it. This is something, go. something, especially for the Abraham generation right now, because I mean, the, this is all you know shouting to me i feel like it's it's the it's the disconnect from the father's love which even exists in 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 the church a lot of believers you know they they love yeshua jesus but they they're not tapped into the father's love through experiences through their own earthly fathers mm -hmm. failings and no one had a perfect earthly father anyway so there this is this is the big missing piece i think so, and this is, should be even easier for the for the elder generation to be fathers, you see, to, to fill in and to sort of direct people to to the father's love and to minister that. Yeah. And this is crucial. And I mean, I've just had this joy lately with just the Lord's been connecting me with some younger guys. And again, it's it's all like, wow, we hear their story. And there's, I mean, they, they seem to be doing pretty well, but you know, they had pretty bad upbringings, right? You know, abuse and so forth. And it's like, wow. So, it, you know, he's saying this really clearly, just to sort of minister the Father's love and to actually, you know, minister forgiveness and so forth. And so that, I believe that is, an, is a crucial thing. And it's obviously, this isn't a new message. You know, this is what Yeshua said his mission was to restore us to the Father. So it's an interesting thing that most most believers, most followers of Yeshua, they're well, they're very close with Yeshua, but they might have a disconnect with the Father, right? So that's really something huge. And when we can connect with ourselves, we can minister that love. And then it can be it can do wonders around us. I mean, I've seen that just really recently. And he's reminded me of how important that is. And to even stand in the gap for people's earthly fathers and you know, and help them overcome some of those issues and to not not see, not have the disconnect with the Heavenly Father because they didn't have a great earthly father or maybe they may have met their earthly father. Mm -hmm. You know, so and not often that means God the Father is sort of mysterious and unattainable, yeah. you know. Perhaps that's one of the greatest fruits of coming into this walk is that we were all kind of Jesus people, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And through... Tanakh through the Torah that we we have gotten in touch with the Father mm -hmm. and there's a connect there, and so now we have something that we can offer to other mm -hmm. other you know mm -hmm. I mean coming out of the church or wherever we all came from, we were kind of all in the same boat and we we're all constantly looking for the connection to the Father. Yeah, and at some point you have to say, okay, I've got it, or and we did. Hey, we 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 come in contact with the Father. Now let's go out and be that, whereas some people just spend all their time still waiting, mm -hmm. still waiting. And so each mm -hmm. generation misses out because we haven't turned and said, okay, I'll do it. I'll be it. Yeah. You know, I'll mm -hmm. do it. I'll be it. Well, time is short. So, and this, this also fits, this also <laughs> fits with what you're saying about, you know, the, the enemy's plans to isolate people. Well, yeah. we see a lot of people in this walk. Orphans. That, that they're, you know, 
maybe they've got a little home group. Um, but the whole point is, it's not supposed to be us for and no more. <laughs> it, it's um, it's got to be, you know, this is where evangelism comes in, because to bring in new people and to sort of, I think, I think revival is that is is actually a lot closer than people realize because a revival can just be like just somebody coming into your life and they're brand new but you know you led them to the lord or they're brand new and they bring that excitement and that joy in and all of a sudden it's like wow i've got all this like i've got all this to share with them and they're on fire they're excited so that well, i've got a purpose they've got a purpose yeah. and it's all so, starts to flow so from feel, one generation so i feel you know maybe this is for some people watching that it's not about like you know, we were singing earlier, you know, Yeshua, come and take the throne, Bo, Yeshua, Bo, you know, oh, we're counting, we're waiting, and all creation groans. But we're not in a waiting pattern here. I mean, well, in some ways we are, but we have to be actively um, changing the world, going out. And that will fill the gap in a lot of people's lives that they're, they're not feeding the fellowship. Because in this walk, it's very, we call it a DIY movement. You've got to You've got to be gathering people. You can't just wait for it to happen, and you've got, you've got to be trying to trying to gather the people together from you know far and wide and putting things on. So that's that's been a blessing for us over the years that we're we're thinking that way, and we want to share in the churches. You know, we use the music and the invites to minister in in um, you know just mainstream congregations, and we're like you know. They invite us and we're like, oh, can we share something? Can we teach? And oh, have the whole meeting, right? <laughs> and we can go for it then, and in a simple way. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's the thing that we we should all be able to share, like on a basic level. And then that releases something amazing, and mm -hmm. not nothing, you know, nothing crazy complicated, but the the basics, as it were. So yeah, yeah. You know, and I think the praise and the worship really is a key because. He quoted the Beatles. I'll quote Tom Petty. <laughs> he said, you don't have to live like a refugee. But in yeah. a lot of these Hebrew roots circles, that's the perception mm -hmm. you get is that we're living like refugees as though the world is going to end tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And when the younger generation hears that message that we're all going to, you know, it depends on, you know, I guess what you think is going to happen when Yeshua comes. Mm -hmm. But it's there's almost like throw up your hands, just hunker down and wait mm -hmm. because things are going to get horrible. And, you know, then there's going to be a resurrection. And so we got a lot of especially the teen uh, level where they're they're hearing the despair mm. of their generation exactly. in any in the, and this generation, they have more than any other probably mm -hmm. in the last 2,000 years in mm -hmm. terms of the word, the mm -hmm. truth. But they've taken that truth and said, well, because I came to a knowledge of the Torah, this must be the last generation. Mm -hmm. And and so there's not really, you don't see the, the hope being poured into the next generation and the understanding that you've got to you got to take our place. Mm -hmm. it's, Yeshua came onto the scene planning his exit. And that's, I mean, mm. we should all be that way. We should mm -hmm. all be planning our exit and saying, who can I plant this mm. in? Right. And they're not going to be a carbon copy of me. Mm. Right. But mm. they'll take whatever I can pass on to them that they're willing to accept. And then they have to stand up in their generation. Yeah. yeah. But I think they're just kind of throwing up their hands like, you know. Why bother? Right. Yeah. We're, all gonna that's, that's, you know? we're all going to die. We're all going to die. That's not an appealing message for the youth. Because they're like, 
well, it, if you're 17, you're saying that, that's one thing. But if you're sort of 15, you're going, uh, well, I guess, you know, I mean, I wanted to do this. I want. I wanted. To, I know. You know. So well, we've, we've, no, we've noticed. We've had a big, yeah, revelation yeah. on that. It's you know, we were kind of taught in the church that when you when Yeshua comes back or Jesus comes back, that's the end of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, he comes back. We go flying off to wherever it is, and that's the end of everything. But it's the beginning of everything, and there's yes. a thousand years that we he get to still <laughs> function and and fulfill visions. Yeah. So it just kind of opens up. So we try and, you know, oh, it's not just this 50 years or the 60 years or 70 years or 20 years if he comes back soon. It's not over then. You still mm. can fulfill. And if you'll serve him now, you're going to have so much opportunity mm. in the millennium to be doing amazing things for him. Yeah. So it's not over. Yeah. You know, don't give up your plans. Yeah. It's just we're just switching scenes you know yeah. yeah and you'll be able to do good stuff and the rewards are here that's you know? the thing even as old people you think oh well, i didn't get to do this and i didn't you know i had this dream and it never happened well hey even if you pass now and you're resurrected it can happen in the next it can millennium yeah. you just don't but it, know. you know there's there's enjoyment i think the father wants us to have now sometimes mm. it, i know i can i can get so immersed in just taking care of the ministry i, I thought retirement was going to be easy but as it turns out you're more busy because it's like the more you do the more people want you to do mm -hmm. and eventually it just like when's the last time i had a like a vacation that, that wasn't ministry oriented i went to hawaii twice didn't see a thing <laughs> I don't remember really anything about it, but the teaching. And I'm like, I don't think that's his will, because I think he put us on this earth to balance out enjoying mm -hmm. the good things. So we, we shouldn't live like a refugee, but we shouldn't worship those things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everything has to be in balance. But if our kids seeing us see us living like refugees, like let's just batten down the hatches and wait until right. Yeshua comes, yeah. like, well, where's the hope? Yeah. Right. And I'm so glad Love you're reaching hope. out mm. to yeah. that generation to say, hey, you know, you're resume building right now because there's yeah. a whole thousand years you're preparing. Yeah. Yep. And and you'll be preparing for something. Yeah. And you'll either go in prepared or unprepared. Yeah. So you think about it. So there's some amazing evangelists right now who are who are currently like drug dealers. You know, but they need to hear the word. Mm -hmm. And what's changing is, I mean, I come from a nation that sadly is kind of like what we call a post-Christian nation now. You don't hear the gospel. I never heard the gospel in my life. I mean, Yeshua had to appear in my life just like by surprise, miraculously, like like hamster Muslims, right? <laughs> I, no, really. And I mean, here you he still a Muslim. no, no. <laughs> but I mean, I was almost everything else. But I mean, you know, um, it, you know, and that's changing here. You know, with all this sort of like you know, cultural shift. So people don't necessarily know. They haven't necessarily heard. And that's the power of it. I mean, I never, you know, I never heard the gospel. And and so I want to tell people because we can't always expect them to, to have, you know, haven't necessarily made a decision because they didn't know what was, what was an offer. And, and the young people now, like, you know, they're, they're yearning for something. They're searching for something. And the rise in, say, the rise in new age is just is isn't enormous because they're searching you see and obviously they're going down the wrong path but at least they're searching mm -hmm. right but apparently you know new age witchcraft and everything is on this enormous like up 
um, increase. increase in interest because people are looking for the supernatural. They're looking for something mm. beyond the physical. And we have the answers. And uh, as someone who, you know, I got really so, well, you know, I was in, I was in that, that new age scene to the max. And, um, you know, obviously you're getting more and more demonized when you go into it, but you don't realize it. That's the whole point. <laughs> but I can't blame anyone that's, that's in that. You know? mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and if I, if I meet anyone who's really into that, I just say, hey, do you know who you really serve? Do you know who you really serve? Sounds like Bob Dylan song. Hey, if you're going to quote <laughs> well, some, you're going to quote some verses, I got to get mine in there. You're going to have to <laughs> serve somebody. somebody. Some, but, yeah. Well, that song was actually, uh, actually that song, song actually helped me get born again, believe it or not. There's a whole other story because, uh, you know, um, I thought the Lord spoke to me through that song. Um, played true. by someone that wasn't necessarily even a believer. It was amazing. Um, but that's the thing. The you know, so you, it it's it's ramping up. Um, but I'm I'm really joyful and excited. And I think this is the time, this is an amazing time to be alive. And it isn't doom and gloom, and there is just incredible things going on, and heaven is 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 about to come to earth. You know, Yeshua is about to Look return. That, really. I mean, this is glorious. We are, we are born for this time, and the rewards that we're going to have for eternity are sort of like we have to earn them now and we have to really like not be not be swayed by the culture not be fearful not be fearful not even be swayed by because you look at when you were thinking when you were saying about oh some people are just like totally isolating themselves and hunkering down well then then you're a cult really <laughs> And it's scary because you definitely are on a slippery slope it, in it, that direction. It's pretty scary scenario. Um, and now's not the time to be isolating. I mean, if the father says, you know, go to the middle of nowhere, then do it. But I believe now's the time to be to be to be connecting with the people, and because you know the people that's where the, the people the people are the treasure. Mm -hmm. You know, in a way, like this earth is going to pass away, but hopefully, you know, the people are going to be be with him for eternity. I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? That, uh, you know. Yeah, I always like to cite Corey Tenboom. You know, what if she had run off? What if she had left her house and went out, hunkered down somewhere in the countryside and not did, didn't do all the things that she, you know, and she went to, a, she ended up at a camp with her sister and they suffered greatly, mm -hmm. but she got released and then she testified and she ministered the gospel for how many years after that? What if it's yeah. your destiny to stay in the city and not hide? And to do amazing exploits. Mm. What if that's your mm. destiny? Mm. I'm not don't want to go to a camp, but mm. if that's what happens, I that's where we are. And he, he'll, he'll give us the power. I mean, he's he's mm. definitely empowering. And if we don't give him a chance to empower us, then so how does this how does this start? Know, because it's not like it might sound really daunting, but I want to say to anyone that's watching this, how does this start? Well, maybe it's offering to pray for someone in Walmart. <laughs> When he illuminates that person, you know, and it's like, go and talk to them. And often we go, oh, you know, <laughs> we find excuses, don't we? But go and talk to that person, minister to them, you know, ask them, hey, are you, you know, are you saved? Are you born again? Do you, do you feel the Holy Spirit? Can I pray for you? That, that, that is, that is the, the work right there. And it's accessible to everyone. And we, we know that it's, he speaks to us to do that and, and it's so easy to to kind of yeah. oh you know maybe someone else kind of will do it and uh it's really we're all yeah. longing 
for community. We're mm. all longing to be a part of the um. That's every soul longs to be mm. a part of something. And why not? Why not bring them into this family? Mm. Why know? not? They're going to go into some other family. They're going to mm -hmm. find some other sense of community, mm. you know, where they're accepted and all that. Why, why not? Mm. Why not? Lump yeah. love. <laughs> well, I know you guys have got to get over towards Johnson City. Today. Yeah, we got to drive back. Do you have time to do maybe a couple songs for us? Unplugged? Sure. A sure. sure. guitar or something? Yeah, okay. I'll get out of the way here. Yeah, we could talk all day. <laughs> we could play all day too once we get rolling. But that would be we've fine. already done that this morning. Yeah. Okay. We could dub in our CD. We'll have to go to look up, <laughs> have to go to Mishkanim on YouTube or website. Mishkanim on YouTube. Or the website. M I S H K A N. Well, we probably looked happy anyway. <laughs> Let me see. How about now? Uh, well, thanks for letting us. A Persian on my father's side. Family. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that. I noticed that when you were doing the liturgy. I thought, oh, yeah. She's got that nice little, got the scales down. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was very impressed actually. Yeah. Sound like Batia, uh, Batia Segal, actually. Similar tone in your voice, yeah. getting all the nice little doodles, getting yeah. those doodles down. Yeah. I wish there were more Mizrahi music. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, we're, we're know. doing our best to do a bit of that. You know, yeah. yeah. Not so much polka music. Yeah. Right. Well, that's the Eastern European, you know, yeah. Jewish flair as opposed yeah. to the. I've got a, a black swamp tambourine that I practice on a little bit. Uh -huh. But it's there's not much music out there with that, with that yeah. same rhythm. Exactly. Yeah, we're, we're working on it. You know, we try and uh, well try and uh, bring out those rhythms because uh, they're just amazing. Like we were saying earlier, then it's just it's not it's got to be different music expressions. It's going to be music from all over the world. Yeah, and yeah. Hey, what's if you learn it, you'll get all kinds of invitations to Persian weddings to do the Persian knife dance. Oh, <laughs> wow. wow. As opposed to having a gila, which is what we do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, all right. So well, much. I'm going to wrap it up with these guys. Thank you for tuning in and thanks uh, to our guests here. I know they got to move on. And I just appreciate them taking an extra hour here to sit with us and fellowship and, and talk about the next generation and how we don't despair. You know, <laughs> we are here to connect with the next yeah, generation. Absolutely. And remember that that Tower of David with a thousand shields, that's the shields of a thousand generations. And so don't you stop praying for your kids and mm. don't you stop praying for your grandchildren. What does it say in the Song of Songs? Not one of them is missing. So we're not giving up. We're not giving up. We're going to hang in there. We're going to connect with that next generation. So Bezrat Hashem, we'll see you back uh, next Shabbat. And then we'll see what we can do to connect you with our Rosh Hashanah service. We'll see what the logistics of that might be um, and check into it. Um, but make sure that's marked on your calendar so you have something you're attending. And uh, we love you guys. Thank you. See you next time. Shalom. There we go. <laughs>
thank you for exploring the Torah portion with us. For more information on this ministry, go to thecreationgospel.com. You can find links there for our newsletter, books, workbooks, Facebook, and our YouTube channel.